0: A good start would be to amend the concept of self determination so that it is regarded as something that has to be not only asserted but also granted. The 1978 Camp David Accords between Egypt and Israel, for example, did not extend the principle of self determination to the Palestinians, but rather supported the notion that representatives of the Palestinian people should participate in negotiations on the resolution of the Palestinian problem in all its aspects. With such an approach, support for self-determination would be less automatic than it was in the era of decolonization. Existing governments would agree to consider bids for statehood in cases where there was a historical justification, a compelling rationale, popular support, and viability when it came to the proposed new entity. The impact of such a move on the viability of the country giving up territory and population would need to be considered as well and governments would agree to consult with one another before making diplomatic moves. An essential element of a framework for international order based on sovereign obligation would be prohibitions on carrying out or in any way supporting terrorism, defined as the intentional use of armed violence against civilians and non-combatants by non-state entities in pursuit of political objectives. In recent decades, the world has moved away from tolerating terrorists if their cause was deemed just. International condemnation of terrorism is on the books, as is authorization for collective action against it. So long as governments that pursue counterterrorism strike at individuals or groups that are genuinely terrorists and design their attacks so that they are consistent with legal and ethical standards— including taking steps to protect innocent civilians, they will not face major criticism. More controversial will be bolstering the norm against the spread or use of weapons of mass destruction. There is an existing international inclination, underscored by the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, to prevent proliferation by limiting the access of countries to relevant technology and material and major power opposition to Iran's acquisition of a nuclear capability shows how that approach can facilitate diplomatic progress. But consensus often breaks down when it comes to the details of what to insist on and what incentives or sanctions to put forward. And governments have proved their ability to develop or acquire nuclear weapons against international opposition, if they make it enough of a priority. Even more disputes arise over what to do once proliferation has occurred. One option is to live with it, as has happened in the cases of Israel, India, Pakistan, and so far North Korea. Such de facto acceptance can be risky, however, both because it can enable dangerous behavior and because it can further dilute the non-proliferation norm, thereby potentially encouraging additional proliferation. An alternative to acceptance is additional diplomatic efforts, backed by sanctions, to roll back a proliferator's nuclear capacity. The problem is that such efforts often fail. So another alternative is to live with proliferation until intelligence suggests that weapons are about to be used or transferred to a terrorist group, at which point the potential emerges for a preemptive military strike against an imminent threat. Such a strike would require timely, accurate, and relatively unambiguous intelligence, together with the will and the means to act on it. There is some support in international law for such a posture. Yet another alternative would be to try to gain international support for the legitimacy of preventive action to stop proliferation. Preemptive actions target imminent threats. Preventive ones target threats earlier, when they are still gathering preventive actions could disrupt a country's nuclear program before any weapons were produced or destroy them afterward. But there would be little international support for such a stance, as it would be resisted by those governments that saw it as issuing a license to the United States to attack countries such as North Korea or Iran. Nor would it necessarily be desirable, since, among other things, a world of frequent preventive attacks would be more violent and dangerous. There is considerable support for opposing proliferation, but little for military action to prevent it or roll it back once it has occurred. Support for preemptive action in the face of imminent threats will depend on the details of particular...